Surprise! Happy birthday! Yay! It was another surprise! It was Jillian's oh, no. birthday last week, aka today, when we were recording it. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Hooray! I got you a virtual cake. You can't eat it. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's fine. I'm not a huge cake fan, actually. I got so. you a virtual okay. ice cream cake. Ooh, virtual ice cream cake is the way to go. Yeah. I will take the virtual ice cream cake. <laughs> I got you virtual pie from that one place in Long Island that has good pie. The one that I ordered my wedding pies from. Yeah, yes, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Do you and Jake call each other wedding pie? Because that's very good. <laughs> oh, that's very cute. Now I got to do that. That is very You're cute. You're welcome. What I did get you, Julia, is lots of questions from our audience about Val and various things about the show. Wait, Yay! are we starting the po- are we starting the podcast? Oh, it's it's yes. there. We're in it. Oh no, I didn't put my podcast voice on. I mean, hello. I don't know what to do when you don't say hey, hi, hello. It's the after party, though. Oh damn, I forgot that was my job, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party. Oh, I know. What we're <laughs> there doing. it is. There do, 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 do. <laughs> we have so many questions uh, from our audience. Lots of them from Instagram, which I think is really fun, and we'll definitely be doing going forward. Mia would like to know. I can't read spreadsheets, laughing emoji. Please explain the new audio you're going to be dropping in October, eyes emoji. Mm. That's fair. Amanda is the only one who can read spreadsheets. I actually. <laughs> it's one of her languages on her character sheet. It is. <laughs> it was a real, like, when you're hearing people talk in a different language, and you're like, I think I understand the tone of this. <laughs> but, and then you just take screenshots and I threw it up there. But yeah, we are releasing six pieces of audio within about 30 days three of those are going to be the usual episodes and then you just got one one was join the team then there's going to be join the team part two which is patreon exclusive so you should probably be a part of our patreon and listen to it and then there's just like i keep trying to read the one that's on the week of halloween but it i look at it it's just skeleton bones rattling and i can't really make it out Yeah, I figured out how to embed GIFs in Google Sheets, so you're really welcome for that. It's just from Nightmare Before Christmas, just oogie boogie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. But no, we uh, we did the the Patreon um, exclusive because we're really grateful for our patrons, and we wanted to just give them a, a fun little treat, um, and we wanted to share it with everybody as well. That way you can enjoy part of it and realize that Clear Eyes, Full Hearts is a great game, and also hopefully join our Patreon, because like we said, you know, it's been a, a wild year to be a podcaster, and I am sure that will continue, and being able to rely on direct support from our audience is a reason multitude's a thing. So we are grateful for it. We wanted to give you an extra bonus thank you, and to anybody who sees fit to join, we really appreciate it. I I joined. I don't know if y'all did. Brandon's dad is one of our oldest patrons, and I just like longest serving patrons, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> he actually genuinely loves the show. He Aww, talks to me about it's it. Very often. cute. Oh, I like that. And then uh, what could adorable. be happening on the week of Halloween? I can't really say. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I actually, I looked at it again, and it says werewolf bar mitzvah. So I spooky scary. Yeah, spooky scary. <laughs> but that's all I can I can figure out. All right. Well, let's get from uh, future speculation into uh, past um, speculation. And everybody, <laughs> I would just like to throw out a sort of general discussion topic. How are we all feeling about our characters' backstories? I feel like these last couple apps have been a really great way to get to know our characters better, do a little more world building, sort of like establish the stakes of the world. And um, I, for one, am really enjoying it. How about you? Me too. I want to hear more about Val. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we get to like really get into Val's weird, weird family because Val does have a weird family with a lot of different offshoots and intrigue, I feel like. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel like during the recording, I have to try to uh, not really react verbally because Eric and I are in the same room and I would ruin his audio. But I was like, please react verbally. I've said it multiple times. I want people (laughs) to react verbally. Okay, well, I was screaming inside when we met Aunt Min. It was so cool. What a setup. Oh, my God. It was so spooky. I loved it. I was genuinely, I think, one of the most tense role-playing experiences I've had in Dungeons & Dragons as a whole. And I've been playing for like four years, I think, at this point. So good job, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate that. I like in... Uh, I can really get emotions out of you. I don't know. I've probably told this story so many times, but I made Julia cry like the second time I DM'd for her. And I was like, nice, 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 nice. (laughs) It was sad. Eric, who who are the gurus? I want to know who the gurus are. (laughs) So yeah, Anvin is the kind of person who like only shows up in your life when they're like in your city, but is traveling all over the place, all of the time. So it doesn't really matter who the gurus are. Anvin is just like all around doing stuff in various places. Here's a fun fact about this that I, I took a photo of. When Val was talking to Dom5 and he was being really like antsy, I'm like, I need to figure out when Anmin would come in. It's Is it going to be after this conversation? Is it before? Is Val going to have an opportunity to talk to Dom and shake him down? Which we now know he was setting up to have a conversation with Aunt Min. I rolled for it. I got a nat 20. So Aunt Min came in at the most dramatic time possible. In my, That's what that was. Which is also really funny because you did the same thing with Emily for Emily and Aggie's meeting. And Emily also rolled a nat 20 on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The NPCs, Anmin and Emily have a lot in common. They know mm. exactly what they want. And they both express it in very strong ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one word for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Emily leans in in the Cheryl uh, S- Sandberg sort of way. And Anmin is grew up in a crime family so here we are <laughs> i think it's worth pointing out i guess the complexities of uh, val's family just really quickly so remember val's mom and dad uh were married and then they separated val's mom is the one who is in lake town originally and was there during the whole dr morrow thing and val's dad was a capo in the New York City Italian mafia. So, like, pretty high up. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Is it capo? It's an underboss. It's a capo. But capo. Yeah, it's okay. an underboss, basically. Capo is like a tar thing. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he ho- he holds everything to a decord. He presses strings real good. It's yeah, really holds, scary. He holds the strings in more ways than one. So <laughs> now Aunt Min is back, and although she has, and something that Julie and I have talked about a lot, is, like, Val's dad has a lot of connections in New York City, but now we do know that there are relationships between Lake Down City and New York City because of the light rail that connects mm-hmm. the two. We're now seeing that there is organized crime. There has always been in Lake Down City because of the docks and everything that has happened in Little Italy because of it. So, like, what is Aunt Min doing there? Wh- who is Salamone? I think those are the questions of, like, it's what is Val's relationship to their family and their capital F family. Mm. Yeah. And how did Aunt Men get that big, big scar is is the other question that I have. A great question. A tiger? To say. Probably. Yeah, probably a tiger. But it was like a liger. <laughs> oh, darling, this scar, I got it when fighting the ligers of Burma. <laughs> this is a very niche reference, but there are like... 
Atman gives me a very like Manhattan psychotherapist who lives on the Upper West Side vibe where mm-hmm. it's like a an older woman with, um you know, like a lot of kind of artifacts from different countries, but it's kind of creepy and like a little bit possessive the way she talks about them. I just it's a it's so specific in my mind and like lots of statement glasses and scarves. Uh, and it's it's like slightly like, I don't know if that was a racist comment, but it kind of felt like it. Yeah, I think that is a thing. <laughs> like she just travels the world doing the things like she she reminds me of all those people who go to thailand and is like oh wow i went to the temples but then i went snorkeling afterwards <laughs> well it's really funny because eric when you introduce the character for the first time after the session i messaged you i'm like have you watched sopranos and you're like no not at all i'm like because this character reminds me so much of tony soprano's sister mm. janice and i was like I love this dynamic, though, as part of the family and as part of, like, Val's family, because in my mind, Val is not the, like, black sheep of the family. Ant-Min kind of is. Yeah. And so to kind of have them both feel like outsiders in different perspectives when it comes to the family is really, really interesting for me to explore as a player. Absolutely. I think Val's kind of like a free agent. Like, you just have no affiliation with anybody, but you have ties to two distinct mafias, which I find very interesting. I hope uh, they have some affiliation with our team at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. We'll oh, see. Dr. Morrow's in, in the Yakuza, so, but I haven't gotten to explore Makes that. Makes sense. I feel Checks like that's out. a real, like, child of um, of separated parents' uh, privilege, where everybody fear, fear, fear. is, like, so... Uh, fear, fear. Is so um, eager to, like, uh, respect your choices that when you don't make a choice, you're kind of allowed to get away with it longer than you were if you had uh, a uh, together parents uh, who were like, hey, you must show your affiliation Preach. slash come home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm going to go to Nashville. <laughs> hey, Eric, I have a question for you. Sure. Was uh, Dominic scared or horny or both? <laughs> yeah, Larry, <laughs> let's, let's ask these questions. There are a bunch of questions oh, about this relationship okay. here. Go ahead. Okay, so Dice Obsession on Insta would like to know, were Dom5, which is written D-O-M in the number five, I love it, yes. and Atman on a date or was it mob stuff because that knife work? Hot damn. Hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, playing someone who is flustered by the two other people in the room is incredibly fun. Uh, so, no, it was mo- it was. I can think I can just say it was not a date, but that doesn't mean the sexual tension wasn't there that I played mm. with myself. <laughs> They're not related, <laughs> oh, no. right? No. Dom and okay. Minna. No, that was um that was just kind of tying up. And there was another question about this. This is tying back to the briefcase from episode one and episode two thing about the Howard Cannon right, in right. the in the bag. So it was related. It was related to that. Yeah, that's Mimi uh, in Discord who asked how long you've been holding on to the briefcase returning as a plot point. Yeah, uh, episode <laughs> two. <laughs> oh, and good follow up. Dame Ohaha on Insta wants to know what <laughs> a, a just what is Ant Man's deal, and then B divination question mark. Yeah, same. Uh, I think this is. I mean, I'm throwing this to Julia. Julia, you're the one who said that one of your aunts had the sight, and I'm like, <laughs> did say yes, it. yes, they do. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know how much Val believes that Aunt Min has the sight or not. I think Aunt Min 100% believes that she has the sight. And so whether or not that is just she is a very, like, 
insightful person and is able to read people very well or if it's like an actual supernatural ability I think is kind of up in the air at least for me as the player but yeah I think it could go either way when you mean the site do you mean like divination because that's how I took it a little bit but I also knew it was just like a sixth sense generally intuition yeah like I think it's like a sixth sense kind of thing like ah sometimes Things speak to me that I can't explain and they mm. tell me tell things about that I can't reason out why I would know that kind of stuff. Got it. So she's a Long Island medium is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's the Long Island medium. You got me there. She doesn't look like it, though. I also want to make a point here because Amanda said, made a point of this and I'm like, I'm three steps ahead of you. So she said, Agatha, do you know an Agatha? That is not Aggie's real name. Yes. It's Margaret. It's Margaret. But- I did roll for this as well. This is no different than if I made an insight check or like detect thoughts if we're playing straight up D&D. But like I did roll on that and I rolled like middling. So I like the idea that from whatever information that she has, she's like, Agatha, do you know an Agatha? And Val's like, no, who's Agatha? Yeah, <laughs> it's the like, right Christy? Agatha Christie. <laughs> Agatha Christie. Right person, wrong name. Exactly. It's a good middling. Yeah, it's a good middling result. Yeah. Um, Chrissy Mack had some great questions. Uh, is Ant Man just kind of like known globally as Ant Man? Like Ma is known globally as Ma. Uh, very sim- oh, like, very similar. Very similar there. I don't. Re- I didn't realize that I did that, but I made two people who are known from the Confederacy of younger people below them that they're na- known as like a familial sort of name. She's on mean in the way that like mafia people are all quote unquote family, which is similar to the way because Ma was literally at the head of a crime syndicate, but in a different way. <laughs> it just wasn't the mafia. <laughs> this is truly Ant Min to Val, but also Salamoni, who is also related to Ant Min in some way because Salamoni is Val's second cousin. So Kai, you have a yes and no, I would say. And secondly, uh, from Chrissy. What is the deal with her fancy lady shawl and lack of warm weather clothes? Is she also powered and somehow impervious to cold? Big time envy since I live in the frozen tundra and I'm always cold. Unamused emoji. My assumption is she's not powered in the way that Milo, Aggie, and Val are powered. Because I don't, I mean, like, I feel like you would have told me if Ant Min was also, like, there for the exposure that we all that all of our parents were there for yeah i i'm with you on that this is not like milo not being able to live the cold but milo also does it because like young white men also love wearing shorts when it's 30 degrees outside. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but no uh shout out to friends at the table that turned me on to this but like using in a way because it's a podcast i really like using fashion as a way to describe who people are and what we know from them so i was using the met archive to describe her. And there was this ma- I need to emphasize how massive this pashmina was. And it's more like <laughs> in, it was a shawl. Imagine she had just gotten out of a town car, threw the shawl over herself, and then walked in. So she wasn't outside for that long, but this was a very warm shawl. And she was also probably like wearing, like I described, it was like she was wearing uh, long sleeves underneath. So that might have just like not gotten across when I was describing it, but it's like she wasn't outside for that long and this pasmina is heavy and big. It's kinda like like in the in Texas, like you just everyone still wears jeans and stuff, but you're only going outside for like all of two seconds from the car to the air conditioning. So I'm sure like Town City is heated everywhere. Yes, for a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um I can also include a link to that in the episode description. Because I have the link somewhere, I can just find it again. 
the Met Archive and any museum archives is such a good tool for uh, GMs, for writers, for artists, for anybody who wants like a an object, you know, to, to fold into mm. your art in some way. It's so fun. I'm also picturing that Lenny Kravitz giant scarf. Very yeah, similar. Yes. Very similar. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep, still garbage in Discord wants to know, during Val's conversation with Aunt Min, she asked Val about finding their purpose. Val brushed it off confidently, but does Val ever worry about them not having a, quote, full jigsaw puzzle inside them? That just seemed like such an intense thing to bring up in a casual conversation. So here's the thing. Aunt Min, I think, and we talked about this both on and off mic, Aunt Min is the kind of person that... I feel like a lot of her philosophy is very surface level. So when she says stuff like that, I think Val has learned at this point to kind of brush it off because <laughs> it is like fortune cookie colloquialisms, basically. Like Val knows, okay, well, she read that in a book somewhere or she went to like a mountain retreat for a weekend and now she's trying to talk to me about my soul being a jigsaw puzzle and that's nonsense so i think i think val just like it's like when you go to a family dinner and your relative starts spouting nonsense you're like all right all right ant mid okay cool yeah. Sounds good. Let's talk about the Mountain Lobster game. All right. Who who watched the game last night? They really destroyed the Canucks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I 100% agree with that. I think it's really fun when you make an NPC to give them intention about what they want to do. Because you as the DM know what the interaction is going to be. So you want to give them intention and Val and Aunt Min believes in people trying to put themselves together and have a purpose. So... And, but, of course, you came in with your own intention, and that's perfect. And that's how interactions work, and it's really, really good and fun. Uh, I think there is a, an, a bit of dramatic irony here, which I find, which is just like any piece of art, is like, because we're listening, the audience is listening to Aunt Min say that stuff, you can have that thought that we just had from the question, great listening, thank you. But, of course, Val has a different thought because Val lives in the world and has experience with that man. So I feel like there yeah. is that tension there, which is like, art, yeah, yay art. Art is good. <laughs> <laughs> Taruno824 on Insta wants to know, is that fact about onions real? That fact yes. about onions is real, yes. Well, it's it's really believed. I don't know how actually true it is, you know? <laughs> Oh, thanks, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And yes. Thank you. Thanks for coming in on that. Yes, that is a real folklore thing. I was looking up a lot of winter folklore stuff, and that was something that I came up with. So, In the middle of the episode when Eric said that, I was because it wasn't my saying, I was like furiously Googling this because it was so interesting. And in the bloopers, I sang the rhyme that goes along with it. <laughs> <laughs> It's also something that we covered on a episode of Spirits about mm. divination practices. Oh, that was so the... I, that's what I knew it from. The divining things with weird shit episode. I love that episode. Yes. Yeah. My favorite. One of my favorite roundups. Uh, let's move from Val Corner to Milo Corner. Um, Milo Corner. Brennan, talk to me about how this scene went from your perspective, and then I have a couple questions as well. Yeah, I think it was nice to actually be able to uh, play with... Eric's creation of my dad <laughs> in the scene. Uh, it was like a like a really idealized version of what I imagine Eric uh, idealizes a dad as. It was really nice, you know? Like, it was a, a really great dad, <laughs> great supportive dad. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you got that. Yeah. Um, but no, it was good. Yeah, I think it's sort of like, I don't think Milo had, like, planned of anything, but he's he's sort of like a guy that would hedge his bets a little bit. 
and sort of um, not be 100% sure what he's doing at all times, like without a plan or not having a plan. He's, you know, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing all the time. I think that's interesting, uh, tying Val and Milo's intentions together. Val is being intentionally cagey because that's what you do in a mafia movie. And Milo doesn't know what he's doing, so he's accidentally being cagey. Yeah, he kind of just defaults to being in the middle. The only thing that you're trying to do is, like, preserve your secret. Right. Is what I got from that. Is like, no, he's not giving me any intention that my, he knows anything, so I'm not going to give him good answers because you're not asking good questions. Right. But, of course, even if your dad wants to be as helpful as possible. And, yes, I totally was doing an idealized dad. Um, NADPOD has such good dads. Brian Murphy <laughs> is from New Jersey and has, like, a very specific type of dad. Who's like, mm-hmm. hey, son, I don't understand anything about you, but good job. So that's <laughs> not what I'm trying to do necessarily. But Hank is, like... Much nerdier, which I think is a a dad I know more. This is also like leading up to that is all of the Doctor Morrow and Hank Hank Lane oh, yeah. fanfic that's been written. Mm. Uh, so it was Lord. very funny that we actually meet him now, and he's just this big nerd who might as well just be Agent Coulson, and who, which is our lodestone for so many things. Yeah, <laughs> in this truly. world. Um, so I just thought that was really fun. I also I'm interested as a player in sort of what you sort of teased at with Dr. Morrow being, I think, a part of the agency oh, or yeah. like created the agency of technology. Yes. I was again Be- silently like fist pumping, like, oh what a good <laughs> plot yeah. hook. I love it. So the fact that she created the agency and the agency doesn't have any files on her is very suspect. Yes. Mm. That, that was kind of the thing that was like, there's nothing there. And either there's nothing there or someone cleaned it. And that's the, the unless you dig, like that's all you, yeah. you know, it's like, is it a hole or just nothing was ever there? Right. Joe Minoki in Discord would like to know if Milo's dad knows about his powers because Milo seemed to act like he didn't. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think like, you know, like all parents, they have some inkling of like, uh, something's, something's off with you, you know? <laughs> But yeah, I think Milo, when he discovered it, like he, especially as a adolescent, um, you know, he's embarrassed by anything that makes him different. So, um, and it's like not very visual, um, especially when he didn't have control over it. You know, it's just like it can be invisible, and the he, no one can see the cat but him. So, yeah, I think he sort of like hit it. I had the thought in the first few episodes that no one knew about it, and then the only people who figured it out were Aggie and Val because they yeah. literally knew what they were looking for. I think that brings up an interesting question, I guess, for both you and I, Amanda. Does Aggie's parents know about all of their kids' powers? I think they are not very interested. And I kind of get the feeling that, like, I don't know if Aggie would ever have told her siblings about her power, except for the fact that she, like, watched them and had to heal them so much as kids. And so I think it just, like, came up a lot. And all the siblings, it's sort of like an, an understood thing that all of us can do, like, pretty exceptional stuff, some of which is due to the powers and some of which is just due to, like, being, you know, very and O'Hare. You know, attractive and good. Yeah, like uh, just seven kids in a family. This is a thing that we touched on a little bit when we were doing the world building originally, but, like... Aggie's parents are the quintessential, like, generation one to generation two example. They're like, ah, they probably have cool shit going on. And they don't, they just take that as for granted. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's like, oh, hey, you can, you can do fire. That's pretty neat. (laughs) And they're just like, ah, they're dealing with it. We dealt with it. But then we, and they've had it for the whole life. So maybe they do know about it, but just like haven't, don't care enough to look into it and develop it. 
in that way? Yeah. And I, you know, there's a big tradition of people um, like making communes and sort of, you know, doing their own kind of societal experiments in upstate New York. And so I think Aggie's parents are kind of a version of that where they are like the kids of hardworking Irish immigrants who are who were like very opposite and who wanted to like rebel and like grip in the 70s and just want to like do their thing, man. And so I think that that is the um, the reason that they just sort of like had seven kids and then were like, great, the youngest one's 18. Bye bye. And then go and like jet set <laughs> and probably, you know, are on the same beach as Ant Men in some, uh, you know, coastal resort somewhere. Mm. They're on a black sand beach together learning like really intense yoga. Like yeah. It. And someone I asked you if Aggie's great. family is rich. I don't think they're rich. I think they're just like retired and have pensions, which none of us can uh, really conceive of and yeah. are living cheaply, you know, as they like chill in Southeast Asia or whatever. Yes, that mm. was something we've teased on a little bit, but they both worked for Moral Corp. It's like, imagine if someone worked at IBM for 35 years and then had a full pension and got to retire. And now it's like, look at Dan's deals. I can get plane tickets for so cheap. What is kayak? And now they just like do <laughs> that and can stretch their their retirement really, really easily That's because of Airbnb. I know, yeah, right? if only we started working in 1977. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Brandon, why is Lucas so close with Milo's dad? Or Eric, is that something you made up on the spot? What's the backstory? Yeah, I think it's something that Eric just made up on the spot. But it makes sense. I mean, like, I think my dad, Hank, is a, is a good dad. So he took an interest in my friends growing up. And Lucas has been Milo's friend for a very long time. So I think it just makes sense. There is, and I find this so funny, like in shows where your friend is closer to your parents than you are. Oh, yeah. I find that so mm. funny. And, like, it's not even something we need to deal with at all. It was just, like, a little cutaway that, like, Lucas and Hank hang out, <laughs> which yeah. I, just find yeah. really, I just found really funny. And, obviously, it's Lucas is the kind of person, because he's so shysty in so many different ways, that he's like, oh, no, parents love me. It's fine. Yeah. And I thought that was really funny. Especially one of those things where, like... um. Uh, when they finally become adults and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, we can just like go to a, a, a Formula One race now. Like, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, you want a beer? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> As the quieter half of a lot of my uh, my friend uh, groups and duos growing up, my parents were always like, oh man, Julia, she's so great. Oh man, I just, I love her so much. My third <laughs> daughter, just like invite Julia over. And I'm like, I get it, mom. You can hang out with Julia, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. I'd rather hang out with you, bud. <laughs> that was from Megan Corner, by the way. Love Megan Corner. And uh, second question, why doesn't Milo get cold? Is his power related to the onions slash weather? <laughs> Do you have onion powers? Yeah, definitely. Whenever an onion is slightly too thick or slightly too thin, I don't get cold. You're the oh, druid okay. of onions. You have lots of layers. Uh, your uh -huh. AC gets higher depending on how many layers you have on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I, I mean, um, I think we dive into it a little bit more, but um, I think good observation. Well, all this onion talk is making me hungry, but not for Alex because I can't eat them. Um, so I'm going to go into the kitchen and get us some more apps. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Amanda. Is there anything better than your softest pajama shirt? I am an aficionado of loungewear, particularly as it's starting to get colder outside. And I just want to shout out the t-shirt I have had since middle school that is softer than any fabric has a right to be and still hold itself together. And just the perfect sleep shirt that I love putting on every night. Shout out to sleepwear. Welcome to the mid-roll. Thank you so much to the newest members of our Patreon family, Tina, Amy, Jikla, Mickey, Madeline, and Bruh. 
I see your Clear Eyes Full Heart reference, brah, and I love it. Thank you for joining. We hope that you loved the first part of Join the Team, the bonus episode we just released. We made it in thanks for all of you who set aside 5 or 10 or $20 a month to support independent podcasts like ours. You make it possible for this to be our jobs, literally, especially this year, and we're so excited to bring you the second part of that bonus game next month. If you're able to chip in, we would love to welcome you to our Patreon family. Today's a great day to join at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Enjoy access to our thriving Join the Party Discord, bonus content from campaigns one and two, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Oh, and if you haven't checked out your Patreon for a while, please do so. We made new tiers this past spring, and a lot of you are still on the old ones, so you're not getting those sweet, sweet rewards. So to enjoy the first and the second part of Clear Eyes, Full Heart, join the team. Please upgrade your tiers now. Oh, and speaking of supporting the show, buying merch is another great way to support us while getting something nice for yourself or as a gift. The holidays are somehow already coming. We're running a 15% off sale all month long in our merch store. And to thank you for your support, we're giving out free O'Hare family stickers with the purchase of any physical item. Whether you want to get a Campaign 1 character pin, the Chad ones are the best sellers right now, by the way, but I'm happy to make Inara or Tracy win, a beautiful poster of Lake Town City or Mountain Lobster swag, beautiful hat, beautiful shirt, now's the time to do it. That's at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. We are sponsored this week by HeroForge. They offer fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy races and thousands of parts to choose from. That means you can customize your character's haircut, body proportions, armor, clothing, accessories, animal familiars, the base of the figure. It's amazing. They're now offering full color minis as well. So for folks like me who find the idea of painting a mini to be like incredibly out of reach, you get a beautiful, colorful mini today. So visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom mini and check back often because new content is added every week. That's HeroForge.com. We are also sponsored by BetterHelp, a secure online counseling service. They connect you with licensed counselors through their secure app, letting you message with your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. I do therapy through BetterHelp and I really, really enjoy how convenient it is. I can do my sessions late at night on a weekend night, which I definitely could not do with offline counseling. And it's absolutely more affordable than traditional counseling as well. They even offer financial aid, which I think is amazing. And you can even get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com slash join the party. That's betterhelp.com slash join the party for 10% off your first month. If you need more convincing, you can also check out their website where there are hundreds and hundreds of real reviews from people so you can get to see what other people think of the service as well. That's betterhelp.com slash join the party. Finally, we're also sponsored by 20-Sided Store. In the bonus audio we may or may not have recorded that may or may not be coming out at the end of the month, I had to keep track of a lot of different spells. That's the most hint you're going to get right now. And I'm so glad I picked up spell cards at 20-Sided Store. You can buy tools to play and run games of all kinds there too, from dice to journals to board games and accessories. Head to 20sidedstore.com and use the code JOINTHEPARTY for 20% off your online order. They are our oldest sponsor and one of the best places to shop online or in New York City, and I know I'm going to buy most of my holiday gifts from them. So go to 20sidedstore.com and use code JOINTHEPARTY for 20% off your online order. And now back to the after party. All right, back from the kitchen. Uh, there's onion tip for all of you, but I will have uh, <laughs> some some vegan sour cream with my crudite instead.
all have it's water. Okay. Really nice. <laughs> it's okay. I brought I brought a blooming onion from home. I'm fine. Oh hell yeah. Oh yes. My sister the other day she got uh, Outback for like takeout or something, and they have mm. a blooming onion like fried chicken now, like a chicken fried <gasps> steak. Yes. Oh my but god. Blooming onion batter. Oh my god. I know. I want it real bad. That's. I might get that for my birthday meal. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. Is this Munch Squad a podcast within a podcast? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What do we think is like the most recent fast food craze in Lake Town City? Mm. I feel like a savory milkshake would be an interesting direction. Sorry, That's interesting. I'm sorry. Did you say a seafood sa- milkshake? Savory, my friend. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that depraved. Well, here's the thing, and this is why. Speaking of Munch Squad, I feel like brands are really losing their mind because everyone's stuck. So it's just like, let's do something fucking weird as a brand, which is how we got the Mountain Dew Arita from Red Mm. Lobster and such. So I'm trying to take myself out of this quarantine, like wild mindset everyone has and trying to think of like, what are regular things people used to do in 2017? Eric, you know, the double down was invented pre-quarantine right <laughs> yeah and the double down is so relatively tame it's like oh yeah two chicken yeah that's fine speaking of savory milkshake i feel like like a black sesame or tahini based milkshake would be really good oh yeah. Sh- yeah i would make that for today that sounds delicious that sounds miso dope. definitely miso i feel like oh, asian yeah. flavors are now a big thing in lake town city because i think it took a little while i know that that's like a big asian fusion is a 20 and 2010s thing for the rest of the country but i feel like there's so much french influence that like other cuisines coming in is a little harder so maybe it's like an asian fusion thing like a black sesame miso milkshake 100 percent. i'm into it good miso peanut butter is actually a really good flavor combo oh my god Mm. mountain lobster milkshake someone's definitely done that like there's every conceivable it's like it's the shrimp monologue from yeah. <laughs> Forrest Gump, right? It's like, I'm a mountain lobster muffins, mountain lobster baked shrimp, mountain lobster shrimp. That said, we have gotten candied salmon before, and I feel like there is a route to doing candied, you know, mountain lobster in some kind of sweet application. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly sweet, but it's not really fishy either. Like, it's a, it's a cool kind of middle ground. Yeah, it's like smoked and salted, and then there's like, and then it's candied. So that's definitely, I'm surprised that there isn't something with shrimp because that's so poppable. Yeah. yeah. Speaking true. of Asian influence, it's also like all those um, shrimp and fish crackers. Like the, yes. so maybe there's something like that. That's the new thing when now there's like one Japanese food store. Like yeah. there's a Sunrise Mart now in Lake Town City. Oh, see, I was picturing like an, an M2M. These are all in New York City, like yeah, Japanese M2M's food very chains. Similar, yeah. um, I'm picturing that like instead of, you know, 7-Eleven, like that is the, you know, the place that you run to buy like a little bit of milk and a, you know, tempura like appetizer. Yeah, like milk Sounds bread good. and stuff. Yeah, 100%. I dig mm-hmm. it. I'm hungry now. Thank you for that. I know. I want some green tea Kit Kats. Mm. Ooh, yeah, baby. Bray in the Discord would like to know what Aggie's favorite flannel is. And I'd like to hear from everybody else as well. Uh, and where does she buy them? As a fellow flannel addict, I must know this most important tidbit of information. <laughs> so um, Aggie really likes the Land's End men's flannel lined work shirts. So they are okay. denim on the outside, flannel on the inside. And I think she just has various weights. Land's End has everything from a lightweight flannel that's all year round, all the way to like a rugged, you know, like flannel shirt as like semi coat outerwear. Um, so I think she just chooses them and they're arranged in her closet just by weight, you know, from like uh, he- from lightest to heaviest, left to right. Um, it's actually on sale right now with code rake uh, at landsend.com. <laughs> 
I have emailed them about sponsorship. They do not get back to me. <laughs> As we've established, as we've established also, Aggie is currently wearing Carhartt and been wearing Carhartt for 15 years. Yeah. Yes. Do the three of you as people have flannel destinations that you really enjoy? I think I'm currently wearing a Lanzan flannel. You are, yes. <laughs> Eric's wearing like the red, blue, and white, and yellow kind of like jaunty plaid. It's like mostly dark blue with like a yellow and red uh, highlight. It looks much, it looks strange on the website. It looks great in person. I feel like Val is the kind of person who wears the like just black and one color ones like the classic red and black one mm-hmm. and like probably like a yellow and black one and then like a oh, val and val and one. yellow and black 100 percent. that just hit yeah. me as very right as well yeah i feel like yeah. oh I, I every time i wear those colors i wear it I, I look like a bumblebee um but i think val would look like a fucking awesome wasp they would <laughs> i only wear like super lightweight flannel like i think what eric you're wearing right now um, this one is relatively heavy oh okay uh, yeah. But like the super, just like shirts, you know. Um, and I'm sure Milo has like a, a flannel that like his dad handed him down from like the '80s, and it's like Aww. you know, like very grunge. Cute. I have one of those. I have one for my dad. It's like the but there's only like four buttons on it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what were you guys doing? Why was there a button shortage in the late '70s? <laughs> grunge was all about the lack of buttons, Eric. <laughs> that way you can put on more safety pins. <laughs> Kira on Instagram wants to know Aggie and Val are both in relationships slash have love interests is Milo the friend that gives relationship advice despite being single because same <laughs> guys your Instagram comments were so good I love these questions from Insta I feel like you were like just really snappy got it done in just a few sentences I'm I'm here for it I love it Milo's definitely the the guy in the group that gives relationship advice to his group of friends but no one listens to it and then they go ask Apple instead yeah, that makes sense. It checks out. This is also a thing that Brandon and I have talked about. But in Scott Pilgrim, uh, Scott has no idea that like two of his friends are dating. And I'm like, that is the most Milo thing I've ever heard. 100%. Yep. I feel like Zach Rose also would give very good relationship advice. But oh, like yeah. very quiet ones. Just be like, just listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think Zach Rose <laughs> would ever offer advice unless like really pressed. Yeah. You know? I think also mm-hmm. Apple might like find you at a party when you really need to talk. You know, and totally. like might not actually listen to you or remember any of it the next day, but yeah. just be, everyone be like, man, I had but a hard part with Apple life. once. Yeah, like three in the morning, Astros, it really changed my life, man. And everyone's like, me too. <laughs> Apple has definitely said that sounds like something I'd say yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot. <laughs> I want to ask a question just about Aggie, just more about your character development. Yeah. So how do you feel about Quinn being in your life? And now we're getting more of... Uh, an idea of some of your other siblings like being more whole like we, we've we met Ryan we've met Quinn um, a lot so how are you feeling about like ha- being responsible for these uh, your younger siblings I do feel like this is kind of a um, transition point for Aggie or a kind of like two roads situation where much like myself like you're as the oldest child of a family you're gonna you know as an adult you come to know your siblings not as you know your small charges but instead as people and you know get to know them and realize that they're awesome you know hopefully or that they are people who are like more complex or have different interests or personality traits than you thought they did and so i think for aggie especially now that she has her, like stuff going on in her life it's not like she's just kind of going about her day and everything's pretty similar and her siblings are the most chaotic thing in her life like now there are much more chaotic things in her life mm-hmm. um and i think ultimately that's really good and you know for myself and, and for aggie i think she's working on you know being less 
concerned with helping other people avoid hard things or avoid situations where they, you know, could mess up and more on like getting to know people and I don't know, like really, truly trying to understand them. And sometimes that might mean that they are messy or make mistakes or, you know, they do something that you knew was bad, but they have to learn on their own. And I think that depending on how she answers and what happens with this, you know, call or invitation from Dr. Morrow, either, you know, she'll invite Quinn to know her better or she will continue to try to have this kind of firewall between her heroing and her life. Who can say? Who can say? say? Uh, I think that's something that's really fun for me is your other siblings are NPCs. So I do like the bare bones kind of personality stuff that I write in. I I just kind of write some adjectives of what I think people are. But I think that you, Aggie, doesn't even necessarily see that yet because you only see them as your siblings. And for so, in so many ways, it's like they don't have a personality. They are just my sibling and they act the way that my sibling acts. So it's funny because like Quinn is like talented and quick thinking, but also like impetuous and like acts quickly, uh, even if she doesn't necessarily think about that. And I think you're figuring that out now as what she's like as a person. Uh, I think we also saw that with Ryan. I'm like, hey, sometimes your siblings have bad qualities and are assholes. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also worthwhile to reckon with. Yeah, I mean, it's such a potential risk. You know, I feel like you're you're like exposing your soft underbelly to the world, um, bringing siblings into a situation where they could get hurt, especially something like this, where like, you know, literally Quinn is famous, has a lot to lose. And, you know, bringing her into dangerous situations could be really dangerous. So um, I think it's just it's very high stakes. And I love that. And I love interacting with my siblings because I feel like it it helps me get a sense of who Aggie was before all these events began. Um, and now it really highlights for me kind of what she's becoming and what she's moving toward and who who she wants to be. Is Quinn the youngest? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Think of the order in your head, Brandon. You know Quinn's last. All right. I was going to say, um, like, I should have done some kind of acrostic poem with their initials. It didn't really occur <laughs> to me. I thought mostly about how it would sound when said. Um, but yeah, that, that oldest, youngest uh, bond is definitely a thing. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear you talk about this because I'm the youngest and like none of this makes any sense to me. And I'm just like, yeah, I just show up. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you, you're like stopping your siblings from burning themselves on the stove. And then suddenly one of them's at a party and someone's like, your sister's hot. And you're like, I'm going to go. Fuck you! Like I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> like that's how it feels. It's wild. Oh, incredible. We have a few more questions and then getting into spoily corner, which I'm very excited about. Sarah B asks if any of us could have a low key superpower, not cool enough to be like a real superpower, not enough to make a cosmic or massive motion picture. What would it be? I already have this. This has been my answer yes. for everything. Go. I want the superpower. I call it a super perk. Because it's not really a power. (laughs) (laughs) I want the ability to always have an umbrella on me when I need it. So if I'm ever outside and it's raining, I just magically have an umbrella on me. And that's my super perk. I like that a lot. It's like if there's an impetuous genie in front of you. (laughs) And they're like, it's like, make sure it, okay, you can have a wish, but it can't be too wild. And that's very good. I think mine would be knowing the exact meal that would make me the happiest at the moment Ooh, that I get hungry. That's good. Yeah. I like, I like that. that. I wish I could um maintain the cleanliness of my shoes at all time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. Like it's just press it's pre- that one facet of prestidigitation but just for shoes. Mhm. Mhm. I think mine would be um 
being able to clean all of the air around me in like a six foot radius of like allergens and pollen Ooh, and stuff. That's that nice. way I could I could hang out with dogs and like not sneeze for some of the year. Aww. It'd be great. I like it. Eric, have you seen that like like cement like paint on cement shoe rubber stuff that's supposed to like keep your shoes like waterproof and dirtproof? I yeah, I've seen stuff like that. It kind of like it does make it look weird. Yeah, stale. I don't think it, I don't know if it works, but it's cool. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that it exists. Yeah. Let's move into Des Corner. Uh, I see here listed under the good jokes section of the agenda, Des has his own food thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, that literally. I could not keep it together. I couldn't stop laughing. It makes me happy when we break you. Yeah, that was my most favorite time of breaking Eric in this entire <laughs> series uh, history so far. Oh, yeah. Dez is a really complex dude. I think that he's also a person because he's just a very smart guy. I don't think that's a spoiler or anything. He's just done a lot of stuff. Like I said, that he was a baton major at Grambling. Like he he has his own cool motorcycle. He knows how to build all this stuff. Like he's just a really interesting guy. And maybe he ascribes to um, like macros and stuff like that. <laughs> but he only eats once a day. And I just thought that was a funny thing to say. But then you you all made me do it a bunch of times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the funny thing about recording that was that Amanda went first. And then Amanda had to take a phone call. So then I did the rest. <laughs> I did the rest with Julia and Brandon. And Brandon just leaning on me and pushing me to do that. So then I had to come later. I'm like, Amanda. <laughs> I was like, what happened? We, we talked about Des's food thing a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in the way that engineers have systems, you know, and kind of optimize different things, I definitely saw it as being kind of in line with that with that mindset of like, I'm just going to do this as efficiently as possible. Oh, oh yeah. Like our our, uh, our colleague and, and co-host, Multitude Mike, is a uh, past engineer, and he definitely like makes a bunch of food strategically at the beginning of the week. Mm. <laughs> He's like, all right, I know I'm going to have exactly eight, eight days that I need to feed myself, so I'm going to make eight servings of chili. I feel that way when talking to Moya all the time, too, where I'm like, oh, hey, could you, like, you know, get this thing to me in the next two days? And she's like, I'm an astrophysicist. It's fine. Like, yes, I can. <laughs> she doesn't say that, but that's always I always feel silly for for asking her if she can do something. She's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me look at the stars first. I got it. <laughs> um, a few little episode 13 questions. Um, if you could create a buddy for Clippy, what would it be like and why? Smaller Clippy. <laughs> smaller Clippy or smaller January. Both of them would be Ooh. very cute. Shoulder-mounted Clippy on top of Clippy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> then you could just start a paperclip chain all the way to the moon. Uh, and you could trade up to a house. Ah, uh, more paperclip humor. <laughs> oh, Eric, I have a question about that, actually. Um, yeah. Episode 13. Old man? Question mark? Old yeah. W2A? Yeah. Uh, the, so the old man, I think that Dr. Morrow has been doing tech for a really long time. So I think that she sees these training games as like an like an old FMV video game or like Zork, like those old like yeah. text-based adventures. So she's just like, all right, I'm going to make a room and you need to interact with the room like in an old school 90s, like first type of 3D uh, sort of video game. So Clippy was there obviously to be your help, to be a helper and be like your truly your NPC. And the old man is like, hey, you should in when you do quests, you should talk to people because they help you. So the thing with the old man mm, was I don't that know, he was gonna, suspicious. Yeah, mm. right. The first thing Brandon said was like, no, definitely a demon. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, we're like, nope, avoiding that old man. Terrible. <laughs> I feel like it's an uh, a first half of campaign one hangover is us being like, every NPC is out to get us. 
<laughs> the old man was going to tell you in like a roundabout story sort of way that you shouldn't touch the balls because you'll stick there and get caught in the heat. Well, that would have been good to know. Except, though, if you have, he was going to give you a cup with ice in it, which would make you be able to do <laughs> Aww. that. Oh, that's Aww. cute. Yeah. And then he was going to eat your soul. Yeah, and then if you if you do the wrong uh <laughs> if you do the wrong dialogue prompts, he attacks you with a broadsword. <laughs> Andrew G on Insta wants to know why was the corgi calling for help eyes emoji? Can you do it one more time for me, Eric? It's my favorite thing. You, you, what did I do? The yep, corgi yep, voice. Yep. Yep, yep. Hello, help me, Val. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another like old school nineties video game thing. You had something to distract. And again, right, this was it was almost like a morality play in so many ways. It was like the devil created these. Val was something to distract Val and see if Val would deal with the key. Of course, Val did it really well and kept the corgi with them at all times. So it didn't really work out. But but, but yeah, it was uh it was like a morality play for somebody to see if they would save uh save the dog instead of doing the actual challenge. And Melnick wants to know, was the good boy based off of my dog, Simon? Actually, don't answer it. They were, and it's canon now. <laughs> sounds it sounds like sense. it's canon yeah. now. Yeah. Canon. Who can say, really? Julia, does Val have a favorite type of pizza? Megan would like to know in Discord. Grandma, plain, meatball, etc. I think Val is a... I feel like I answered this question before, but I think Val is like a good pepperoni like when you cook it properly the edges start to curl up mm-hmm. and it gets crispy yeah. that kind of pepperoni that's right we had a whole bit about val being a traditionalist It'd yes. be like you want fucking chicken on this get fuck out of here <laughs> i think we did that whole thing yeah dan on insta would like to know current season versus last compare and contrast tone world building and fun factor and julia as you were a, a guest player you can as well okay can you can you do each one in succession? I couldn't remember all three. Same. <laughs> the first one is tone. Um, tone. I just for tone. I am like I've said before. This feels a lot more intentional. So it isn't like fantasy realm. But again, it, this is similar. It's like I'm giving you jobs and purpose, which I think is important. But I that's like a regular normal real world thing. And it was like I was crafting stories I like on top of a fantasy setting, but now I feel like it's more appropriate. So it's more like, it's fun. I'm very glad we're not doing the fantasy anymore because then it's like, we're just doing it. So I don't know if that's tone necessarily, but more like we're doing the same thing, but like finally releasing the trappings that like felt, felt mandatory because of a Dungeons and Dragons game. I also think that there is always going to be a tone shift when you switch genres. So we're not adventurers in this season. We're superheroes and we are living in the place that we are also fighting crime in. So you're, you're not traveling from city to city and learning new things. You're existing in the world that your characters have been existing in for up to oh, close to 30 years. Especially with uh, world building, which is the next uh, in the list of three. I <laughs> that wasn't a dig. Sorry, no, it was that was very just... funny. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, I feel less like I did in campaign one, where it was like we had a map that was getting filled in as we did the different arcs and went to the different cities. It was like blank, then it gets filled in with with something. And this is like I have the map; it's hanging on our wall, and we're zooming into different neighborhoods as different stuff happens. And it it makes me feel really invested and really excited. I also am more confident as a player, so it's hard to kind of ascribe that to 
the campaign, but I feel much more um, just personally like confident and less worried about like messing up during combat. No, I agree with that. I think, again, this is about the genre. Filling in a blank map with things that you discover is very fantasy and very like quest. But if we're all living in the neighborhood and we're just exploring the neighborhood, that's good. I do like having this full world. I'm really glad we did those world building episodes to start because the I wouldn't be able to do the entanglement chart. I just wouldn't because yeah. we need to know all these places and then maybe we sketch them in as you go there. But just because you've never been to the hospital doesn't mean you don't know what a hospital looks like and also where it is. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you can drive by the hospital. It's like, oh, the hospital is next to the college. But that doesn't mean that like, oh, what's what is a hospital? Like, what, what it look like? What is, is it? Are there dungeons in there? You know, which <laughs> is very freeing to me because it's also like I feel this way just about uh, fantasy and a uh, modern genre as well. I'm like, man, I don't care if you use a phone, like use a phone, <laughs> like look shit up. Like we all look shit up. It's not a big deal. But then again, it's like what you do with the information is the interesting thing. I think I, I like that idea that not everything is cloaked in mystery because we're discovering what this fantasy world looks like. Like, this is the real world plus some other stuff. And we can look at the other stuff and what what does it mean to have powers and all these other things. But, of course, like, I agree with Amanda. I like knowing what the thing we're doing is to start with. And then we can dive deeper if we need to dive deeper. Yeah. It seems like it lends itself to... A, a larger focus on character relationships too which is nice because mm. you don't because the, the overarching plot is not like a giant black map you know so yeah we already we don't have to spend brain energy um on the the blank parts of the map and we can just focus on relationships yeah it's it's less like quest style i feel like there are just sort of progression hooks of like i need to complete this one thing to access the next level and you know if i don't use my items right then i get it wrong and like i can't get out of the dungeon or i can't get out of the puzzle um and a lot of that i think was just baggage from D D that i brought and not necessarily how you ran campaign one at all but i do think that having a modern campaign where we live here anyway we have phones like we're not gonna be stranded you know and like lose all our hp and you know like get uh have like a highway robber you know take all our food away it's it's way more focused on you know what do we want to do what's happening like stuff is happening in the background um and that's not like surprising or a gotcha because we are all here and we know what happens. And I feel like I have a lot more freedom to to move around and kind of focus on relationships and plot, which I love. Yeah. To that last point of fun factor, I'm not going to t make you guys tell me that you're having more fun in this game now. 10 out of 10. They're both 10s. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I will say I was a little worried I wouldn't be able to do things that would surprise you in this one because in the previous campaign, I'm like, Bachelorette tournament, surprise. <laughs> but I can still do shit like this because it is a comic book. So it's like, yeah, Ma's now in a mech. Congratulations. <laughs> January is a is a is a fancy rabbit with a bow tie. Congratulations. Dez has an auto male arm. Uh, and I'm really happy I can still surprise you in these ways. Even if the uh, genre is not fantasy, where fantasy you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want and it's fine. Yeah, it's almost more surprising to me because, is, like, yeah, yeah I was with, just thinking with that. fantasy, it's there's no holds bar, you know, Bart. It's like, like I guess this is normal. I guess I guess this is just in this world. I don't know if it's surprising to Inara or not, but I yeah. know I know that I guess fucking surprised to see January. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tight. That that makes me happy. <laughs> All right, everybody, are we ready for spoily corner? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Go. Got a lot. It's a it's a full corner, big corner. Go for it. <laughs> Noah, is Aunt Min a White Walker? 
Who can say? <laughs> I don't think so. Who can I don't say? Think so, Noah, but I'm going to just say it for fun. Who can say? <laughs> Laura on Insta. Mayor Dr. Morrow is sponsoring both teams, is secretly setting the party up to be the villains? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, man, that's real. Mm. Who can say? Who can say? Can oh, say. sorry. We didn't even get to talk about your interaction with Emily at all, Amanda. But, oh, my God. Playing Emily as le- as being so lean in and trying to get you to join the upcountry keepers, that was so much fun for me. Also, the image of Sour Anthony holding us uh, a digital camera yeah. in 20XX is brought me so much joy. So thank Why you was for he being such a creep? I don't understand. Who can say? Who can say? He just Who is a say? creep. That commercial that you tweeted is just excruciating. I can't get it out of my head of the the sours, <laughs> the mullet guy. Oh yeah, that guy is definitely sour, Anthony. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sierra Nevada, but that's that's part of our Dungeons and Dragons game now. <laughs> An old favorite in spoily corner is Des the Knight of Mirrors? Question mark? Question mark? Who can Probably say? Not. Probably not. <laughs> the, the voice and tone is very different. It is very different. <laughs> Asta would like to know: Is Sour Anthony secretly following everyone? Mm. Yes. Well, Milo did see him outside of the bowling alley and he was on the roof for Aggie's mm. meeting with Emily. I think he is. That's me personally. I think he is the biggest creep to ever have creeped. And so, yes. Yep. MK Schultz on Insta would like to know, will we see more Tegan? Hopefully. Hopefully. Who can, Who can say? say? Who can say? Tegan's busy. Tegan's been wor- like ghostwriting a book all, <laughs> all winter. <laughs> Anita on Insta wants to know, will there be a chase scene on snowmobiles? It's winter in upstate New York. Aren't they everywhere? Ooh. Who can say? Snowmobiles. Who can say? Who can say? If only we had some onions to look at to see if there was snow <laughs> coming. If it was going to snow or not. Yeah. I, we need snow first. Satchadesh on Insta wants to know, what happened to the charismatic mayoral candidate from the world building episodes? Mm. Thank you for listening to my podcast. That makes me feel really good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is just the thing about the world building episodes is that that was like a jumping off point for a lot of things. It was like those are plot hooks and see how they move and, and what's happening there. So it might not be explicit, but I did take a lot of that into consideration as we move forward. So who can say? It's also not super fun to talk about a charismatic politician taking over the world right now. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah, as we said during the world building episodes, I don't know how on the nose it's going to be, but that idea of someone going up against Dr. Morrow's governmental policies and as it relates to powers in a very X-Men sort of way is very interesting to me uh, as an exploration of xenophobia and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff because- it's also the real world. Anyway, point is, it might not be explicit, but I am thinking about it. Promise. And finally, Michelle Spongin on Insta. How will Val deal if when their family and close friends end up on a, the other side of a mission? Ooh. Hmm. Michelle hmm. also included WCS for who can say. And I'm like, thank you. That's <laughs> so Aww, good. I love that. It's adorable. Who can say? WCS. Who can say? WCS. I'm sure... Aunt Min with her ties to do the do the mafia would never use a, a person that they see as a powered weapon and also related to them in more ways than one uh, and using them for their own personal gain regardless of what their own personal relationships are. Uh, that would never happen. Yeah, of course not. No, definitely not. And Milo definitely won't be completely caught off guard and surprised by this revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Has Milo not figured it out that Absolutely not. Okay, great. <laughs> 
truly, who can say? Well, everybody, thank you so, so much for your questions. We'll definitely do the uh, Instagram story Q&A thing uh, again next month when we get our after party questions in order because you really came through. And I love that. Oh, actually, we had one final question, which is uh, from Asta. What do you need from us to get even more Clear Eyes Full Heart Games? <laughs> Joy uh-huh. More people on more, Patreon. More patrons. More people yes. on Patreon. Join Patreon and say it's because you really like Clear Eyes Full Hearts. This was really fun. I mean, creating the game with Misha was incredible. But being able to play a role-playing game with Misha, Josh, and Marquez... They're all so incredible. I feel like I, I'm forcing Misha. <laughs> it's like, Misha, stop editing and play a game with me. But like, Marquez is one of the best uh, RPG people I know. And forcing Josh to do voices for me is truly my greatest accomplishment and greatest joy. I think it's forcing Josh to do voices for you and also to pretend he knows anything about football. <laughs> What Josh knows, and like Misha and I can compensate, but what Josh knows is drama, and Mm. his character of Ankh the Chonk is so wonderful and creates so much drama, just like a fucking whirlwind around around Chonk (laughs) is just so incredible. And Marquez uh, GMs our uh, masks campaign and is just... So it's so fun for me to see him as a player as well. Uh, and just Misha's fantastic. I, oh, it's so good. I love it. Like I talked about in the beginning of this campaign, Masks has been a really interesting jumping off point about like having feelings and superheroes and as they relate to villains. But this game that Marquez has been running reminds me of the different types of quote unquote fights that a hero has with a villain. Like... It's not always like, oh, I'm robbing a bank and then I punch you, even though that's where you start. But then you do all these different things. Routinely, I'm like, Marquez, I'm stealing this for Joy of the Party. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. And go listen to Marquez's uh, RPG podcast with our other friends, a Tabletop Potluck, where they play games that are not Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. But yes, we are so grateful for people who um, are on the Patreon. And if making more bonus content helps more people, you know, find an excuse to sign up, then we'll make more bonus content. That's Absolutely. how it goes. I'll do it, man. I, I This is what, the only podcast I have at the moment. So she's <laughs> like, I'll just keep playing. I'll find the most esoteric one player RPG and just do it myself. I'll do yep. it. I literally did a one player RPG. I know. It was I'll good GM too. any one page RPG. <laughs> But yeah, we know that, you know, five bucks a month is is not nothing and might not be possible for everybody. But for those of you who make room for us in your budget, we we really appreciate it. It adds up a lot and it goes a, a long way toward helping us keep being independent podcasters in the year 2020, uh, which is a hard thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. We will see you again next week with another episode and several more times before Thanksgiving. So don't worry. <laughs> Bye, guys. Later. Bye. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs>